Anyway, we should start the show. It's 10 past. Okay. <sighs> okay. It was a really short chapter, this one. Yeah. I was going to. So, but every time I say, oh, it's a really short chapter, this will be a really quick episode, we end up talking for like two hours. So. Yeah. I was gonna, <laughs> I'll save my thoughts on this chapter. But <laughs> okay. All right. Let me start. I'll let you start. everybody welcome to season two episode 16 of Bulgarian and beyond this is a show where we explore magical reality through fiction chapter by chapter and we've begun with the Bulgarian series of books by David Eddings this season we're reading book two queen of sorcery and today we're diving into chapter 15 my name is Sandra Turnbull I'm from the goddess kindled universe I'm here with Alicia Seymour, my podcasting partner extraordinaire. Hi, Alicia. Hello. <laughs> Good to be here again. Yes. I'm enjoying doing the doing the recording <laughs> the day before I release. I feel like like we're like it's really present with everyone who's yeah. listening. I love that. Yeah, I like it too. I think it does. It's and it's an alignment, I think, with like the direction we are both moving in to. Yep. To make it more live and more yeah. present. And well, I, I mean, I was going to leave it till the end of the show, but since we're talking about now, like last last um, episode, we were talking about Dernick's Descent. Have you been on the Facebook page this week? No, I haven't. Okay. So Eric listens, was listening to the episode and he came in with some really interesting comments about you know, that discussion that we had about we thought it was out of character for Dernick and that kind yeah. of thing. And so I'm going to read his little comment that he made. Okay. Because um, he disagreed with us and I just so love that, you know, we've got this real conversation going on. So that's the kind of thing I was talking about when it feels really present. Mm -hmm. um, he said, he, I have to disagree. Dernick is still the same good-hearted Sendarian blacksmith he's always been. He is a craftsman. He stoically and professionally does what he needs to do. His bashing ahead repeatedly wasn't an embrace of casual violence, just a practical, if cold-blooded, solution to a problem. As soon as he knows he can accomplish a, a task, he will perform that task when necessary. He is no different than a farmer slaughtering animals for meat. He is capable of violence, but he is not a violent person. He leaves that to a lawns and a wrens. So, and I just thought that was such a great comment because it's absolutely true. Mm -hmm. I, I, I sat and thought about it and, and, and that's absolutely true. Dernick does what he needs to do. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense if he didn't have a weapon and that was his only option to, to hurt this man, I guess, was mm. to hit his, I don't know. Well, my, my sort of thing was the way he did it. It seemed really cold-blooded and it was cold-blooded. As Eric points out, it was cold-blooded, but it had to be done, so he did it. That's kind of what he does. So I just thought it was a really interesting kind of perspective into the conversation that we'd been having. Yeah, it definitely, it's definitely a good point to take in um, that he does, have, does what he needs to do. Um, I still think the little bit, 
that was a little bit vicious for Dernick. Like maybe he could have <laughs> kicked his leg out and and broke his knee or something, but it's, yeah. it's good. Cool. So anyway, yeah, so that's the that sort of thing. So come on into the conversation, darlings, if you're, if you disagree yeah. with something or you have an extra comment or you want to say something about how, what we're talking about in the, in the chapters, come on in to the Facebook page. It seems yes. to be where the chat is and, happening. And I'm going to let Sandra update me on those because I'm sorry. I don't, I just don't get in <laughs> social media very much anymore. And I thought, I thought those Lord of the Rings groups might pull me in, but it didn't. It lasted oh. a, maybe a week and now oh, really? Just, yeah. I just never log in. Well, I Facebook totally understand. Me. There are so many people that I know at the moment who are just going off social media for their own mental health. <laughs> yeah, that's why I did it. And it does. It's felt so much better for me. So I just kind of stick with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still um, looking for alternatives to Facebook. I know that we've talked about Patreon and I am getting stuff organized, but that really, I'm not ready for that yet. I have so much on my so many big projects going on and that's another really big project because I don't want to half ass yeah. it. So I'm not no, going to start it unless it's, unless I can do it properly and maintain it. Um, so I am still looking at alternatives for community for us. That's not Facebook, but we'll just see. Okay. Yeah. So, sorry, Alicia, do you, do you want to say something? No, no, no. That's, okay. that's pretty much it. So what's in or into Polgar's cup, the first segment of our show? What is in your potion cup this week, Alicia? My cup is a warm, rich cup of decaf coffee. <laughs> I, I've been enjoying my coffee in the mornings because it's finally, it feels like winter here. Like the rains come and it's cloudy and cool. Um, but my week has been just really mellow reflective. I've rested a lot. I slept a lot. Um, part of that was because of the cycle I'm in right now too. It always makes me sleep more. Um, but over the weekend I did a lot of rest. We took the girls to a birthday party. But other than that, I was just kind of around the house, resting, cleaning, back and forth. But on Friday I had the first, I don't know if I said it on here, but I am the troop leader of my youngest Girl Scout troop. Um, which was a huge thing for me. Um, I don't usually step into a leader role like that. But we had our first meeting on Friday, and that was fun. I realized for the first time, I because I've, I've never been a teacher for children, so I've never had a group of them like all listening to me in any way. So I didn't know what um, 17 girls looked like uh, <laughs> until we got there, and I'm like, oh, goodness. <laughs> like they are full of energy. They're all over the place. They still had a lot of fun. And the moms, some of the moms were there to help. So that of course helps, but it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's going to be a really good thing. Great. And then I just, I've still been writing. I wrote the first chapter of the book of my next book. Finally, mm-hmm. um, instead of just the outlining kind of playing around with an outline, I actually wrote a chapter. So that mm-hmm. was really, really nice too. Fantastic. Yeah. So it's just kind of like laid back, mellow. I was very inward focused, which is what I've been being guided to do. So that's what I've been doing. 
Oh, I have to go. Oh, I'm not bored at all. I'm just <laughs> tired. Right. So my cup this week is a deceptively heady brew of elderflower wine that swirls me up and then roots me back into the earth. So I've been, I've had like, uh, I felt quite drunk on the happiness of my daughters earlier in the week because they were both doing, they just were both happy and content and having their own successes. And I was so, so like, there isn't no way that their state of being and mood will ever not affect me. <laughs> and so when, when they are happy and I am happy. And so that's my sort of that, that dizzy drunk kind of feeling. And then I was rooted back down into the ground. It was just a little blip, just a little blip. One of the girls had a bit of a hiccup and I went through and, and I put all of my, I regularly put all of my counselling experience and thera- therapist experience <laughs> into practice and you know, brought it back down and stopped the whirling in her head or well, helped her to stop the whirling in her head. Um, and just held that space for her for a while and then got into and really diffused the whole thing by grounding into cooking. I'm giving her cooking lessons, um, virtual cooking lessons. So I sort of send photos of a dish that I cook and the recipe so she can see what it looks like and has the ingredients and I do a shopping list for her. So it's got all the ingredients for the things that we're going to cook that week and and there's just this really powerful grounding magic in cooking your meals at home. Yeah. Just simple, good food that tastes delicious. The act of, of bringing that all together, you know, no packets, no pre-mixes. You use the spices, you mix the spices. You, you know, might open a can of crushed tomatoes or beans, but that's about as pre-packaged as you get. Mm-hmm. It's just something really deeply, deeply healing and magical about that and grounding. So that was my grounding. Yeah. So that sounds so nice. Yeah. So we've <laughs> had Mexican. The... Hey, sorry. Is this the daughter that you're cooking with? Is she the one that just had her formal, or is this no the other, the other one? So, okay. uh, one my younger daughter just graduated high school. She's seventeen, almost eighteen. In a few weeks, she'll be 18. And my older one is almost four years older than that. Mm-hmm. So she's, she'll be 22 in February, the older one. Okay. And she's the one I'm doing the cooking with. And it's just so wonderful to see her so strong in herself and, you know, independent. Yeah. And just I'm seeing all kinds of powerful behavior. It's wonderful. I love it. So this week, this last week was Mexican flavor profiles, like spices and stuff. We did um, black bean burritos and it was a little bit of Italian in there. Like we did a minestrone and stuff earlier. And then so next week is Asian week and oh. I'm going to do some Thai and Chinese and yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah. I always love vegan Thai dishes. They're always so good. 
Yeah, and see, she doesn't so want to eat a lot of meat either, so it's great. I can show, yeah. share with her what I'm learning about, you know, meat-free cooking. This is just a funny side note as you say that. My daughter, she's my older one, but she's nine, <laughs> recently decided as of last week that she doesn't want to eat meat anymore. Oh. And she stuck with it for a week, which I was surprised. I thought <laughs> it was just talk. Yeah. And then, and then that night she'd have some chicken nuggets for dinner, but she's stuck to it so far. So see. Okay. What happens. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, she, my, uh, my daughter just feels better and me too. So yeah. that's yeah. been fun. So that's my potion. That does sound fun. <laughs> Yeah. Maybe maybe we can do a virtual cooking class sometime. Well, someone suggested to me, me, someone suggested to me the other day that I just film myself cooking and then put that up on my website yeah. for people yeah. to like a pay, pay a little subscription every month and tune in whenever mm -hmm. I'm cooking because I cook every day. So I like, yeah. just have the camera running in the kitchen while I'm cooking dinner. <laughs> yeah, you could do that. Talk about ways to earn money doing your passion, right? Well, you know, I do it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I love doing it. It's really and interesting kind of... and unusual because I use, like, I cook dairy-free, dairy-free, gluten-free, and mostly yeah. meat-free. So it's quite interesting. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, so many people want to do that, but they struggle with the idea of how to go about the cooking yeah. something like that. So... And like People I'm forever like substituting, like I'll, I'll find a recipe and go, oh, well, I don't have those mm -hmm. things. I have these things. I'll just substitute. And they always work yeah. out well. <laughs> yeah, I've done that too. That's yeah, true. So that's sort of a little idea tickling back here. We'll see. It, tell us what you think about that idea, guys. <laughs> Does it sound like I think it's a good idea. worst <laughs> idea you've ever heard of or what? No, I don't think so. And Maybe you can I'll even put snippets of them on youtube just to yeah. give people a free taste of like what yeah yeah um yeah so anyway uh what's next look, huh? so gary's view mm -hmm. gary's view what is the chapter summary this week okay <laughs> you're not allowed to just read the whole chapter because it's about as short as a summary <laughs> So they arrive at Tolhoneth. Is that, mm -hmm. uh, we get more about the politics that are happening in Tolnesia and your favorite thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we, we learned that Barrick has some connections in the city that they arrive at, which had a cool description to it, like the description of the city. Mm -hmm. Um, but so this, this Cherik ambassador that's there is related to Barrick. So he gets them in to is it the palace or so wherever the emperor stays um, because mr wolf wants to speak with him about what's been happening and then uh while they're waiting to meet him or they're just kind of chatting with the ambassador and the other dude i forgot his name already that's there they have more political discussions and the best yeah, part i think of this whole chapter is gary and getting his first taste of alcohol <laughs> yes that was the highlight for me like, okay that's a, yeah that's a, that, that's a good part that is the, that is the highlight of the chapter <laughs> darian has his first brew yeah so i'm getting into the discussion here like just a quick overall thought from me is that this chapter was really hard for me to absorb i don't know if i absorbed any of it other than 
Gary and drinking his alcohol at the end um, just because it was, it was really uneventful. For me, I have no interest in politics. So when they're talking about it, I'm just kind of like, all right, let's get past this. But then there was nothing to get past. The chapter just ended. So I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I wonder if that's uh, one of the reasons why it's such a short chapter because it's so dense yeah. with information. Yeah. And see, for me, the first time for, for me reading something like this, the first time, I don't understand a lot of what's being said here. So I felt a little bit, lost and i just didn't really care for the chapter overall okay like i think that's the first time i really said that but no well i was reading the chapter i'm like wow this is a bit boring Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's just like one of those chapters where there's information that needs to be delivered to the reader we need to get from this place to that place so i mean there there are we do touch on the fact that Sel, you know, that Selmistra, there's a little bit of talk about the Neosins and Selmistra also. Um, right. You know, they're still talking about from when Count Dravor had them and the fact that uh, Yudis, um has probably taken an easy way out now because Selmistra tends to get very irritated if you don't do the right thing and he yeah. let them escape. Um, right, and and it's interesting. Garion says um, she's cruel. Then and and Wolf's like, no, she's not cruel per se. But they Nissans worship serpents. Mm-hmm. A serpent hold doesn't hold any grudges. Once it's bitten you, <laughs> it's perfectly happy to just get on with its life. Isn't that funny? The way we can learn from animals like that. How you just get that. <laughs> you get that one punch and then you're done you move on yep just move on it's done mm-hmm. um, but okay so they're talking about here talking about mr wolf's and they're talking about her worshiping snakes and stuff yeah and then it's right after that that silk makes a comment of like do we really have to talk about snakes you caught that so, did you i was curious with that like that was the other thing that caught my curiosity in this mm-hmm. chapter um, is like okay, okay so silk has a problem with snakes mm-hmm. now i want to know why you will if it's related to this salmisra and her people or if it's purely like the animal of the snake that he doesn't like oh okay well i dare say you'll find out okay i'll look forward to it <laughs> i actually as i was reading it i said i sort of i when i read that i'm like oh i wonder if alicia will pick that up or whether she'll just pass that by yeah (laughs) i actually passed it by last night when i was reading the chapter but as i was going through it right now i saw it just kind of jumped out at me on the page all out of nowhere i don't know why so and interesting like before you you said something about the description of um the city Mm -hmm. is really i it's the first time i think that i've gotten a really clear picture of the city and realize that it's on an island in the middle of a yeah. lake <laughs> yeah that's what I did because again I skimmed that last night did not see it at all but just right now as I was preparing I saw that and I'm like what yeah I didn't know it was an island an island yeah. an island <laughs> so Tolhoneth is an island in the middle of a lake 
it's all gleaming white walls and you know white marble and it's really dazzling in the sun and it's like graceful arched bridges going across to the to the city and the bronze gate glittering legionnaires marching you know outside the gate and it just sounds really beautiful it sounds really beautiful and it's the first time I've gone wow how could I have missed this beautiful description and I think it's because this chapter is a really fucking boring chapter yeah and I just skimmed over everything yeah I think so but I just it reminds me a little bit of um, describing the city of Oz like the way it glistens and I haven't I haven't read any of the Oz books. I have The Wizard of Oz there, the original stories, and it's on my to be read pile, but I haven't mm. ever read it. And I haven't read like the like Wicked or anything like that either. Oh, I haven't read that either. My daughter's loved it though, so I know, I hear so much about it. I'm surprised I haven't read it yet. That's on my list to read too. Yeah. But yeah, it was. It was a cool description of a city. Yeah. So this is all fine. And they go in and they're talking about, you know, getting the appointment and it's Barak's um, cousin who is the ambassador from Cherik. And that's how they get through without all the having to wait weeks to like get an appointment to see the emperor. Or without Mr. Wolf making a ceremonial entrance. Yeah. Which they don't, (laughs) which they don't want to do. And so interesting that it's here that they don't want to do that. Whereas before, um, with King Korodulin and Queen Mayasarana in Arendia, that yeah. was the thing to do. Like that's, like that was the appropriate thing to do there. So did they do it there? I guess yes, they did, huh? yes, yes, yes. They okay. they they put on the white robe and all of the gear, and he was Belgarath right, right. and did magic at the gate for you know, and everyone fell down and yeah. wailed and cried and oh my god, is it Belgarath? <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's true I remember that now so that says something about the difference in the um, the people the way that you, they expect to be approached or how they like their worldview I think it says something about their worldview so it seems that they that they are much more business-like here and yeah. to, you know um and there is a lot of this is this is all really political this this chapter and they talk about remember we've touched on it before like the poisoning of the people like the person who got poisoned in the street and we talked about that he was you know in the you know the running or the whatever to be emperor for one of the big rich families yeah of of Tolnidra and they're poisoning each other to like you know and it's all political mm-hmm. So, so this is where we sort of go into the city proper and Silk loves it here. You know, everything's for sale. Everything's for sale. And he is so, he's such a commercial person and that seems to be how he yeah. scores his life, I think. <laughs> um, and, you know, everyone's, everyone can be bought. Anything can be bought. Yeah, he loves it here. Lots of money yeah, I liked, around. I liked at the, as they were entering the city how it, uh, Gary and just observes Silk as he shifts into his character. Mm-hmm. I really liked that description too. Oh, he does it so well. Like, uh, and I think the the word was he almost how's how's it almost described? believed that he was the Drasnian merchant. And his identity no, he assumed. Yes, there's no almost about it. He 
absolutely is like he doesn't just believe he is that person he is that person he shapeshifts into the person he that that persona and takes it and inhabits it completely yeah yeah see that's what these being made into movies would be a cool thing to see how someone would interpret silk's character as on screen like how would they make that shift i would think about stuff like that we have to like seriously when we finish this series of books and we know all the characters we have to do a special episode where we cast the movie yeah yeah that reminds me of there's this uh uh story studio story i don't know what it is but it's an app you can purchase from these guys that made it and it allows you as you're writing your novel it allows you to uh, assign pictures to your characters and you do that. You cast your character as like in, in one of mine, I used a Johnny Depp image from when he was younger and uh, oh, I forget the actress's name. She had red hair. Uh, she's a really popular actress here in America. But yeah, it was a lot of fun to do that. Uh, I do though- that every time I write something, I do that. I, I find pictures of my characters. Yeah. I find pictures of yeah. the places like I do location scouting for like external places and into like rooms right. that that I write into this I do all of that yeah it's so helpful See, for, yeah yeah like I did my first novels I did more of a, a mental image and I checked who they were as far as like actors and actresses mm-hmm. but I didn't I didn't print pictures or anything I just kind of held that mental picture in my head because well, I, I knew it- the face I knew yeah, for sure. Fairly. Like I put it all in Scrivener in my when I'm doing my planning and plotting. Like I do quite I, oh, extensive. Like a- I I do quite extensive plans and plots. Um, like a typical outline for me for a novel is like ten thousand words. Wow, <laughs> that's good. See, I start literally. You don't need to get all into all this, but I just outline <laughs> each. I, I give myself forty chapters to start, and then mm. I'll just put a few sentences to outline each chapter. Yep. Then I go from there. <laughs> That's how I start too. It just gets really oh, okay. big. <laughs> yeah. I never thought about putting pictures in Scrivener. Oh yeah, I do. And you can in the, yeah, anyway, we won't talk about Scrivener too much, <laughs> but you can, yeah, yeah. I, I do all of that in there. Sidetracked. See what Silk, he sidetracked us from the whole conversation. It's Silk. Of the yeah, it's Silk. He's chapter. a slippery dude. No, it's his fault. <laughs> so anyway okay. so then we meet Beric's what is this, his cousin yeah that gets them in yep he gets them inside and it seems I don't know I felt like they were close at one point yeah they grew up together like you know when you grow up with your cousins like yeah, it says in they, here that yeah. Beric <laughs> says he and this um oh what's his name girl um Grenig Grenig Barak and Grenig and King King um, Arnhag, the three of them grew up together, like they were boys oh, okay. together. Okay, I missed that part. Hmm. So yeah, don't they have like they have like a little small exchange where he says yeah. something to him quietly? Oh, and then okay. Just... Did, did, what did you did you not understand that? No, I didn't. Okay, Again, so I, was, I wasn't completely checked into this chapter. So basically, what's happened is. When Grinnick is described, he's described as having a really short beard. And now 
you've got to compare it to um, Barak and who has like this real Viking like beard that he can braid, like it's never shaved pretty much. And um, so it's very unusual for a Cherok man to have no full, full beard to be clean shaven. And so it was a, um, it was a little like embarrassing secret and it's, like they're whispering together and Barak's like, what happened to your beard? And Grinick's like, oh, it's not important, not important. And Barak sort of pushes it and Grinick says something quietly and then then Barak laughs really loudly and says, why did you let her do that? Why did you let her do that? And so I was drunk, Grinick said, let's go inside and sort of brushes it off. And I won't say anything more here, but you do find out. Um, okay a little bit more i think in the next chapter <laughs> okay yeah i'm just interested who she is and what the big deal is about that but yeah so this whole next part was just over my head I, so I mean, they go in and have a conversation around dinner or something yeah look basically i don't think it's too important that we touch on all the details basically it's just more tunisian politics the big the, the big rich families are trying to get in power there's a dynastic um dynastic succession only happens once every you know few thousand hundred years what's it how much is an eon an eon is like a thousand years i think i think it's a thousand years i'll have to check um eon yeah a unit of time equal to a billion years a million a billion a billion (laughs) that's what it says on Google, I don't eon. think I don't think that this particular eon means. It that. also says an indefinite and very long period of right. time, often a period exaggerated for humorous or rhetorical effect. Yeah. Okay. So I am I am taking this uh, a few times in each eon. So it could be like a like a million years, or no, it wouldn't even <laughs> no, it wouldn't be that much. Come on, come on, listeners chime yeah, in how much do you think here. in the context of the bill garriott how long do you think an eon is i reckon it's about a thousand years yeah i think because, that's good because yes. it says here that the baroon so ran Borun, is the current emperor and it says the baroons have been in power for over 600 years and the other houses are anticipating the changeover because he doesn't have an, a male heir so he has no male heir to inherit the throne. So there's a dynastic succession, which means one dynasty gives way to another dynasty. And so the other families, you know, are all fighting to be that next dynasty that comes into power. Mm-hmm. So that's basically what all of this is about. And it's really dirty politics and lots of yeah. money and bribes and underhanded behavior in order to get power. Okay. Does that make sense? Do you have any questions about yeah. that? No, not really. <laughs> okay. So it doesn't really matter who the families are, I don't think. The important thing about this next little bit is that Garion gets handed a tankard of beer mm-hmm. and he takes a big slip really quickly before Aunt Paul can say, don't do that. Yep. I do love what I do love Aunt Paul in this little scene, the way she is. <laughs> yes. Because he's like sitting there with the beer and she's just watching with no expression. Just watching. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
that was a good scene yeah so um and Garen was altogether a little bit disappointed because it was bitter and it didn't really taste very good (laughs) (laughs) and he drank half half a tankard and oh this just took this took me back like because <laughs> it made it, his ears warm and the end of his nose was a little bit numb and I just there's it it's such a familiar sensation like yeah from years ago so that was like that was like oh you know a bit nostalgic <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's what it was too for me mm. it was a uh, it was kind of humorous too so yeah. it added the little nice like uplift to the chapter yeah 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 and so they all just they're talking a bit more so all the political talk comes down to if ramboran dies tomorrow kador will be the next emperor grand duke kador and which means nothing and is not important so don't worry about it okay <laughs> sounds good <laughs> so then it just if the chapter ends then they're talking about uh changing clothes to go to the palace Wolf saying, I'm not going to wear that robe again. And Paul said, no, no, that won't be suitable. We'll just get a mantle from the ambassador. And so I made a note here in our, in our chapter, in our notes. I really have to find out what a mantle is because I know I have a picture in my head, but I need to know if it's the same picture that everybody else has in their head. So if you are so inclined and you're listening to this show if you have a picture of what you think a Tom Nidra mantle looks like if you can find one post it in the Facebook group or send it to Belgarian and beyond at gmail.com and I will post it in the Facebook group or somewhere so we can have you know get an idea of what's going on in each other's heads because I think that would be cool yeah I just looked it up because I had to see well, what it looks well, like. you send you send <laughs> me your picture to the um, email. Okay. So I'll have your picture, and if anybody else wants to send me their picture, I'll get a little collection of what we all think the Tonidra mantle looks like, and I'll hmm. I'll do a I'll make a little gallery for us. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. And then that's the end of the chapter, and they're off to the palace, and Garion's feeling quite bemused and bumpkinish with all of the glamour of the city because he's a little bit sozzled. <laughs> <laughs> End of the chapter, so magic. Yeah. Okay. What's your magic? Oh. <clears throat> oh really? Oh. I chose that because <laughs> I chose that because I thought you would choose silk. Because you love silks. Um, and, uh, like his shape shifting. Yeah. No, I chose Garion. Uh, well, I guess we should say what it is, but, but Garion getting drunk, drunk-ish, yeah. drunk-ish for the first time because it was the only moment in the chapter that I like laughed out loud. Okay. Which, you know, I mean, you don't laugh out loud that much when you're reading, but. So that's after, your magic? So that's your magic? Yeah, because. Yeah. It, it was that, like, ex- him experiencing yes. it for the first time. It's yeah. kind of a magical feeling you get, like... It totally oh. bloody is. It feels quite <laughs> like I'm in someone else's body. This is really weird. Or, like, I'm floating a little bit. <laughs> yes. <I don't> 
the room's kind of moving. <laughs> yes. So that was my pick as well. So that's cool. Yeah. And my real life relating is when Paul tells Wolf that the white robe won't be appropriate in this situation. And um, uh, dressing appropriately has been a, a learned experience for me. And um, at this point, <laughs> at 40, how old am I? 47? 47? I think my, I just turned, I just had a birthday. <laughs> I think I'm 47. <laughs> but at this well, point, I think I've accepted that I dress appropriately for me, which has often meant that other people just don't get or approve of my style at all. But I can remember when I was like a teenager, the way I dress never quite fit. Mm. Like I, I didn't feel like I fit anyway, but that could be more about what was going on inside of me than what was going on outside of me. I don't know anymore. (laughs) But, you know, yeah, that, that dressing appropriately for a situation I got very good at. Like it sounds, it sounds um, like I'm contradicting myself in that, but I learned how to dress appropriately for certain situations to get what I needed or to fit in. I learned how to fit in. But even now when I dress for myself, I fit nowhere. Like my style <laughs> is very eclectic. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I mean by that. I know how to do it, but I don't choose to do it very often these days. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's the good choice is to not dress to fit in anywhere, you know? No. Like I am always, always, always in yoga pants anymore just because they're comfortable. I can stretch in them and, you know, I'll try to dress them up a little bit sometimes. <laughs> it's a little bit fancier, but that's about the extent. Got your fancy yoga pants on. <laughs> <laughs> now I'll just put like a semi-long shirt that's nice over yeah. them or something and then wear like a little bit of a boot or something. But <sighs> yeah. Um, what was yours? I chose the moment that Aunt Paul is observing Gary and take his first sip of uh, <laughs> the alcohol uh-huh. and not, not reacting or, or telling him no or anything, but she's, you know, letting him know that she's very aware of what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And I've been in that situation, not with alcohol. I mean, my children are young. <laughs> I wouldn't let them have alcohol right now, but. Um, with other things that are considered by society as like inappropriate, you know, with quotations around it mm-hmm. or unacceptable or something. But for the situation we're in and our family and our relationship, I see nothing wrong with whatever it might be at the time. Mm-hmm. But I will see my child like eyeing me as she's doing the action to see what reaction she's going to get. Yep. And I'll just... I'll just watch her and I don't say anything. Mm-hmm. And then when she decides like, all right, I guess it's okay. Then she'll go on about her thing, you know, and that's yeah. happened with. <laughs> okay. So that's like a direct aunt Paul, you being aunt Paul moment. Yeah. Yeah. I have a lot of aunt Paul in me. <laughs> cool. In my mother role. <laughs> all right. So we're up to prophecy speaks. Mm-hmm.
So I have We're a question. We're going to do our updates this week. Um, let me see. Do you need to update us on last week's? Well, last week I was talking about getting distracted by other projects as opposed to making writing my focus and really concentrating on that. And, ah, and I think that I am on the right track because earlier in the episode, like right at the start, I was talking about Patreon being a really big project and not being willing to take that on just at the moment because mm-hmm. I already have enough on my plate. I never say yeah. I have enough on my plate. I can't do oh, That's progress. See? So I am going to take that. <laughs> that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Okay. I haven't chosen a book. Hang on. Okay. I totally forgot that I had this book. It's a new one. What book is it? Well, I'll tell you in just a minute. (laughs) My question. No. (laughs) My question is, oh, I just riffled the pages and I can smell the secondhand book smell. Mm, yeah i know i always every time i go to read a book i always flip the page to see if it has some of them don't smell like books and Uh some do you know some (laughs) smell like nothing it's like a book that doesn't smell like a book it's a pretend book yeah (laughs) yes okay so my question is I'm pretty sure that my mum is never going to listen to this podcast. I have no idea if any of my other relationships listen, relations listen to relationships. I have no idea if any (laughs) of my relations listen to this podcast. They've never told me that they have. Probably they don't. And I'm just a little bit concerned about my mum. Because I don't think she's taking care of herself. And... Just a few things she said lately, making me wonder about what's going on inside her head, what's going on in there. And so my question is simply, what is the situation with my mother? So I can get a little bit of insight into into her headspace though. We've always had um, a really interesting connection, really complicated relationship, very um, intertwined things have happened over the years more often than you know twice like I would think something she would answer I wouldn't say it out loud but she would answer the question or I would feel something and she would call me and go what's up Mm -hmm. or I would have a pain and go that's not my pain and then ring mummy and say why is your knee hurting what have you done Mm -hmm. stuff like that so yeah I just want a little bit of an insight into this lovely woman who's my mum. And I'm using The Message of the Buddha by A.S. Wadia. Wadia? Wadia. Wadia. Wadia, no. I don't know. Okay. What's going on? What's going on with my mum? However wrong we may be, therefore, and whatever hideous travesty we may produce when we start modelling the maker of those natural products after our own selves and ideals and in attributing to him love, justice, goodness, righteousness, purity and such other items of our prevalent ethical code, we are nevertheless on safe ground and as indubitably right as those inhabitants of the unknown planet 
would be in assigning an invisible cause to nature and its products and in attributing a master mind to that cause invisible. Whether it is a causeless cause or original cause, we do not know and can never know. All that we know definitely is that there is a cause and that it is invisible. Furthermore, we have a knowledge of the existence of something we cannot penetrate, of an intelligence of unimaginable sublimity and the most radiant beauty locked up somewhere in the bosom of nature, which unhasting, unresting liberates itself and finds expression in things of nature. Now, I know that probably sounded really complicated, but I got quite a lot out of that. Okay. So I think that it's interesting that I prefaced this reading with um, me saying, talking about the connection that we've already always had. Yeah. And this is sort of reminding me that although that is so, there is stuff that I will never know and don't need to know. Right. And, and I'm not supposed to, mm -hmm. no. And she is, <laughs> she's just, she's just, it's perfect the way that she is and is finding mm -hmm. comfort in the ways that she finds comfort, which I know is true. So it's very lovingly telling me to mind my own business. <laughs> I was just, I was just going to say, this sounds a lot like the advice you gave me earlier. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> Which is not on the show. So don't go back and listen for it. Yes. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. I think that it's a matter of letting her be yeah. how she is and know that she is doing what she knows is best for her. It's all perfect and none of my business. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's good. Your turn. All right. Uh, my quick update is last week I did ask, uh, like I was ready to make money, what guidance could I have? And I basically got, um, you know, continued doing what I was doing, which was really not, not much physical doing, more of being. Um, and so I did do more of that and I, I have been kept getting guided even more deeper and deeper into that state of being rather than doing anything. But some conversations that came up over the weekend made me wonder if I should look for some type of a work from home job or uh, continue focusing on my writing and my passions. And so I'm just looking for some guidance on that. Okay. And, oh, and I'm using the Motivation Manifesto, who's by Brendan Burchard, who has been somebody who's been coming up a lot for me lately. Um, so I thought I'd use one of his books. Right. Without making the actual attempt, without trial and strife, there can be no true knowledge, no progress, no high achievement, and no legend. Those who advance 
do so because they value action itself. They feel that positive forward momentum, progress, is a reflection of their character. And so they take pride and satisfaction in actions toward that end. They think, if I'm not taking significant action to advance and progress in life, I do not feel as happy, engaged, successful, or giving. Psychologically, much is at stake based on their sense of proactivity, growth, and advancement in life. It does not mean they are ruined by failure or slow or in the slow moments of life. It simply means that they have a bias toward going and growing. Let us remember that humankind must be measured by actions alone, not intentions. What we intend is of little importance when judging our character or gauging our happiness. Only action reveals our true selves. Only action moves us to mastery. Um, okay. I'm honestly a little surprised that this is coming from his book. Really surprised. <laughs> because this is the complete opposite of the other stuff I've been doing so much reading on. Like I completely, like I love Brendan Burchard. I love him, I think he's an amazing person. He's a big influencer in this world, especially in the United States. But I disagree with him saying what we intend is of little importance when judging our character or gauging our happiness. Like, I don't know. I disagree that action is what, what defines us. This is not a debate. It's a spiritual reading. Interpret. I know. I know. So <laughs> I don't know. I mean, the, the interpretation <laughs> you is... Don't want, you don't like it. You don't like it. You want another card. Well, it's telling me to take action. Mm -hmm. I mean... Yes. I don't know. So I take action and go get some work from home. <laughs> that was the action you're talking about. Yeah. I mean, I guess writing and passion. <sighs> writing is an action too. So I'm kind yeah. of like, well, maybe do both. I don't know. I have to get more clarity on that later. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not laughing at you. So I am, but it's because I love you. Yeah. So tell me what, why are you laughing? What is there missing? Well, it's number one, a reading is not meant to be necessarily literal reading of the text and yeah. applying to your life. But in yeah. saying that, the action you were talking about immediately before you went into this was work from home thing. Mm -hmm. And the, the, the uh, immediate and complete resistance to what this reading is saying to you is important <laughs> for you to sit with, I think. Okay. Okay. I, yeah, I'm just, I didn't, I don't know. And the fact that you didn't expect this from this person is important too. 
mm-hmm. because yeah. it's still it's saying a thing that you think you don't want to hear but in the context of our entire conversation today mm-hmm. it fits <laughs> yes i just have no idea no idea where to begin with that well, i did some searching it. some searching for stuff yesterday and i just got all frustrated yeah just don't don't force but take the actions when it seems appropriate Mm-hmm. Okay. Sounds good. I will sit with it and see <laughs> what else comes. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Okay. So, prediction next chapter yes please well last week's prediction i was completely completely off because i said maybe laldron might come back and they'll be followed by count Draver's men and have to lose them something unexpected will happen on the road related to count Dravor. so that was way off um for next chapter i just put (laughs) they'll meet with the emperor and (laughs) Salmistra will come into play somehow. Okay. She keeps coming up, so I want to meet her. Cool. Well, we'll see next week. I did not think of a hashtag. Political blah. (laughs) That works. I was going to look for something like bitter drink, but (laughs) political is better. Political blah. Okay, so... (laughs) Darling listeners, if you are at the end of this episode with us and you want to make a comment or discuss anything that we've been talking about in the chapter, please use the hashtag politicalblah mm-hmm. um, and you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Bulgarian and Beyond. Facebook's probably a good place to go to make a comment and I will, of course, put there'll be show notes um, with this episode, wherever you pick up your um, pod, wherever you pick up your episodes in the podcatcher. And I put extended show notes on our website at belgariadandbeyond.goddesskindle.com and lots of extras and pictures and fun stuff in there. And you can subscribe to the mailing list and get all the stuff directly in your inbox so you don't miss any episodes or any of the other in-between things that we might do. And we'd love to have you. Yep. We want to build the community for this podcast. And another great way to do that is um, to go over and leave a review of the show on iTunes so that it can bump us up, up, uh, you know, on the fantasy podcast and where people can find us and great things can continue to grow with the show. Yeah. So that would be lovely. But until next week, this is us. Thank you for being with us. Really appreciate it. Yes, we do. Have a good week. Bye, guys. Bye.
Cool. Hmm. Very cool. Are you okay? I'm good. I was just thinking I wish I had not shut the book. I didn't mark the page because I want to reread it. I'll find it. <laughs> <laughs>